ladies. It's really great to be here with you this morning. And um, as we continue studying the book of Acts and the Holy Spirit and uh, exactly what that means to us and particularly the arrival of. So um, sit back, as Sharon has already suggested, and um, let's come together for this time just to hear the message. To begin with, let's pray. Father God, I pray you might ease our hearts and clear our minds of all our worries and all that distracts us. May we be still in your presence. I pray, Father, that I might bring glory to you and your word. Come, Holy Spirit, come, that your word will be clear today to all who hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I was thinking and remembering that um, when I was a kid, once a week we would get a uh, treat from Dad. It was usually a Cadbury chocolate. You might remember them, and they're still available now, furry friends. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah? So um, you usually get six in a pack, and everyone has an individual wrapper with an Australian animal on it. As a child, I was convinced that the kangaroo and the platypus were the best-tasting ones. The others didn't taste as good because they were my favourite animals. I always wanted those ones. Anyway... This time of receiving sweets in our house was uh, quite exciting for us because um, we rarely got them. So as I said, once a week, maybe twice if we were lucky. But we never knew which night it would arrive. We never knew exactly what we would get, which furry friend it would be. And then, as, and then there were times that Dad decided to throw into the equation a little mix-up to keep us guessing and we might get a wagon wheel or something else completely different. The anticipation and the excitement was real. <laughs> we were bursting out of our skins. We knew we'd get something. We knew it would be good. We knew that we would love it. But we had to learn to be patient and wait for Dad's timing. I might add that sometimes my sister and my brother would run up to Dad, throw our arms around him, squeeze him and hug him while chanting, fairy friend time, fairy friend time. They're great memories I hold on to. And looking back at it now, it was the beginning of the lessons that I had to learn about patience. And boy, I'm still learning those lessons today. I'm sure you can associate. Before I pick up with today's verses, I need to uh, just touch back on last week's um, talk from Earth One, where we looked at um, Acts 1. There's some really important um, messages there that I just want you to think about as we move forward. So we learned that the risen Lord commanded the apostles to remain in Jerusalem to wait for what the Father had promised. Jesus reminded them that John had baptised with water, but they would be baptised and empowered and united with the Holy Spirit not long from now. So let me return for a moment to my childhood story of waiting for the treat from Dad. I can't help but relate to how they must have been feeling, the anticipation, the waiting, knowing something good was coming, not quite knowing what it was. They knew that a helper would be sent by Jesus and that it could only be good. But they didn't quite know what to expect. Obviously, there's no comparison between the arrival of my yummy treat, discovering what it was and gobbling it all up, and the supernatural and powerful arrival of the Holy Spirit in Acts. But I'm sure that some of you can agree with me that chocolate is pretty good and quite powerful too. So let's jump into today's verses and let's see if we can just try to break them down and understand them a little bit more and see what's relevant to us today. So in verse 1 we hear that it was the day of Pentecost 
and that they were all together in one place. There's a lot to cover in here, so I'm really just going to summarise it because some of these lessons are, are better spent for more time. But in summary, who, who are they? Um, it isn't completely clear, and um, it's most likely that they were Jesus' chosen apostles, uh, the ones that he instructed in his teachings to spread the truth of him. Some versions of the Bible suggest that all the believers met together in one place, and this number included new disciples, perhaps up to 120. What is Pentecost? In summary, it's a festival of weeks where Jewish people would celebrate and offer to God the first fruits of the harvest. It was a springtime festival, and it was, held, it was one of three Jewish feasts that was held 50 days after Passover, which now coincided with 50 days since Jesus' resurrection. They were all together, fiercely united, and this is significant. They remained together. They prayed and commanded, as commanded by Jesus. They knew, loved, and trusted him, and they knew that he would deliver the promise that he said. In verse 2, it says that a sound, a, a, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a rushing violent wind. It's important to note here that it was a sound like it wasn't a roaring wind. It didn't have gusts and damaging effects. It was a sound like. This sound depicts the power and the awe of the Holy Spirit. He arrived in a way he couldn't be missed. He filled the place and he stirred their senses in the process. The sound was relevant. The sound of the wind was really relevant because in both Hebrew and Greek, the word wind is spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. Verse 3, there appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were being distributed among them, and they rested on each of them as each person received the Holy Spirit. Little single flames flickering above their heads like a candle, the little flicker of the flame, was seen above each of their heads. Again, the arrival of the Holy Spirit stirred their senses, this time their sight. It was unmissable. This was a supernatural event and could only have come from God and from heaven. Some biblical scholars believe that the image of the tongues is perhaps symbolic of the various languages and tongues that were needed to spread the message of Jesus. Verse 4 tells us that they were all filled. So that is, they were diffused throughout their being with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues different languages as the spirit would uh, as the spirit was giving them the ability to speak out clearly and appropriately so do you hear that they were filled with the holy spirit his arrival and his power came and they clearly spoke in tongues the word tongues is really just the languages so there are lots of different thoughts of, of what tongues really means, but in this instance, we're specifically speaking of different languages instead of the native tongue that they would normally have spoken. In Genesis 11, the people had lost their way. They'd strayed further from God. They wanted to build a city and a tower that would reach all the way up to heaven just to make a name for themselves. They'd lost their way and they thought they were better than God. So to stop them, God intervened, as he does often when we need um, correction. And in this instance, the Lord confused the language of the world 
and scattered them all over the face of the earth. When the Holy Spirit arrived on the day of Pentecost, however, the obstacle of languages was no longer a problem and it allowed a way for the gospel of Jesus to be declared throughout the world. In verse 5, we heard that devout Jews from other nations were in Jerusalem. What I want to say here is, as always, God's timing and placement of us is perfect. He had the perfect audience for this event, didn't he? He chose a time that the devout Jews would journey from other nations to celebrate Pentecost in Jerusalem. They were there on purpose by God to witness this event. It, not, it changed their lives that day forever and the power of the Holy Spirit still powerfully changes lives today. Into verse 6, we hear that the crowds start to gather and the news starts to spread. And if you've ever been in a crowd where something's happening and nobody quite knows what happens, there's a little confusion in it. So the first reaction of the crowd was a little bit of confusion. And I think it's fair enough. I'd have been confused too. What's this? What's happening? Even though confused though, the crowd still moved closer because they were drawn because of their own dialect. They could hear their, their language. So they were still drawn in because they wanted to know what was happening. I want to pause here for a moment and emphasise the importance of their own language. Let's think of English, for example. We've got the Queensland English, don't we? So British English, we've got Scottish English, Irish English, American English, Australian English, some would even say Tasmanian English. <laughs> but every one of these have different tones, they have different variations of words. It's the same language, but hearing it in your own dialect that you specifically connect to made it more pertinent and more real to them. Verse 7 and 8, they were amazed and they were marvelled. This was something out of this world. This was not anything that was normal. So this was their second reaction. First it was confusion, now they're amazed. And they, they stood in awe as they sensed that indeed this was something supernatural. That, my friends, is the power of the Holy Spirit supernatural that we can't explain. To have seen it firsthand would have been pretty incredible, don't you think? It would have just been amazing. No earthly explanation. There is none. Verses 9, 10 and 11 basically just list the, re the re regions represented in Jerusalem on that day. And it highlights that they were these nations were far dispersed. Um, they were from every it far dispersed from every direction in um, Jerusalem. Each of them heard the testimony and the witness of Jesus and his works in their own language. The miracle here is not so much that they heard their own language, but the gift given to the apostles by the power of the Holy Spirit to speak those languages so that they could clearly hear. That is the miracle. This is the birth of the church as each person began to hear a first-hand account about the fulfilment of the Old Testament prophecies and promises of God, they heard for the first time the gospel and the truth of Jesus. The church is the, is the people. The church are the believers of Jesus Christ. And this is the birth. In verse 12, there were mixed reactions and questions started being asked. What does this mean? Yep, I can understand that one as well. 
Something really bizarre has just happened. I want to know what it means. They they were still trying to rationalise and understand it and that's why they started asking these questions. But, you know, I find it a little bit sad as well because if they'd have known their, their teachings better, they'd have seen the signs and not missed it. However, not all is lost. They stood, they stayed, they heard more and they were won over. This is a significant historical event and the birth of the New Testament or modern day church. It is a new period in God's dealings with his people, the arrival of the gift and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It happened just as Jesus said it would. The results were profound, far-reaching, far, far far-reaching. The Old Testament prophecies of Isaiah, Ezekiel and Joel, just to name a few, were fulfilled. God follows through with his promises. The powerful effect of the Holy Spirit and, and what it did to the apostles left them convicted and on fire for the Lord. It empowered them to then witness to, the pres- to those present on the day, then throughout Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the world, as was predicted. What happened on that day is why I'm sitting here today. I'm in Australia, far removed from Jerusalem, and some would say the remotest part of the earth that you can get from Jerusalem, and it's many, many years since the the Holy Spirit first arrived. But I was witness to, in my language, and heard the good news. So I believed what I heard. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and my Saviour. I believed that he died for me and that he rose for me. I believed that he did this for me to bring me back to God. I turned away from the life I led and I'm no saint. I don't have it all together. I still battle the sins of man like anyone else. But every day, because of God's grace and the Spirit's help, I become more Christ-like. I remember clearly the day that I gave my life to Christ. It was a pretty overpowering, overwhelming day. And the sense of warmth, love, joy and peace that filled my heart, my mind and my soul will never be forgotten. I laid in my bed that night, in the quiet of the night, not a peep around, nobody knowing the change that was going on inside me. But I knew at that moment that I'd been filled and empowered and united with the Holy Spirit, and so began my walk as a Christian. The Holy Spirit is God's Spirit. It is, his, it is the Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit's arrival on the day of Pentecost wasn't meant just for those on that day. It's meant for you too. This miraculous gift from God is for everyone. I still rely on the Holy Spirit daily. To be honest, right now, every moment of every day, to keep me on track. I'm only here today speaking to you because the Spirit guides my words. They're God's, not mine. I am but his vessel. I'm a woman with troubles and fears, heartbreak and doubts, but in the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm strong and I'm able to do this and you can too. If you want this gift from God to be filled with the Spirit, then you need to accept Jesus confess your sins 
and ask God to send you his spirit too. It's not a secret club where just the strongest gals and guys can gather. Come to him now in your weakness and your vulnerabilities. He will make you strong. We need to repeatedly deny the flesh, submit fully to the Lord, and surrender the, what holds us here um, with earthly things. Spending time in God's word is essential to making, uh, to making us strong, to teaching us, to renew us, to refresh us. It's really imperative that we do it daily. It's the only way we can grow in the spirit. And it's actually the spirit that helps us make sense of the word. Because without the spirit, we can be blind too. Day by day, hour by hour, and sometimes minute by minute, I rely on the spirit. I must walk in faith, step by step with Jesus, knowing, believing and trusting that the Holy Spirit has and will continue to empower me, even through seasons that I think are too hard to bear. How awesome, as I said before, would it be to have been there on that day, to have witnessed that event, to have been changed and impacted. But you can still experience that today. The Holy Spirit can and will impact you in the same strength and the same power. But you just have to turn to Jesus and you have to ask for, for the incoming and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. How do you know that the Spirit is with you? Well, for me, it's that amazing feeling you get when listening to a sermon where it speaks directly to your heart and your circumstances. Or you stumble over a verse that you really needed to clear your mind that day. Or the sense of clarity that comes when, and, and calls you so deeply. That's the Spirit. It's the supernatural dose of the Holy Spirit. It's how he works in us and it's available to every single one of us in the coming weeks, ladies, we're going to hear more about the gifts, the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit and why you need more of him in your life. We all need an extra dose of the Holy Spirit right now. During these days in particular, things are tough. We've got COVID-19 and whatever 2020 is going to throw at us. But with the Holy Spirit, we can do it. And remember, just like the apostles, they didn't know the time or the hour that the, the Holy Spirit would arrive. We don't know the time or the hour that Jesus will arrive. So there's no time, like the present, to step up and stand strong, strengthen your faith, and be led by the Spirit. Let me close in prayer. Holy Spirit, we praise you. We thank you for your love lavished upon us. Holy Spirit, we seek so earnestly for you to be in our presence, to feel your inner work in our hearts and minds. You so graciously give comfort, truth and love. Holy Spirit, we welcome you this very day and every day. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.